and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality claims of the paranormal no no we also take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher i'm carrie poppy and we're back at the conscious life expo yes to talk about sacred geometry yes and power animals also yes yes as stanton friedman would say Yes. yes. That's the only thing he ever said to us before he died. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He said it many times, though. Anyway, this is a very special episode, I say. I agree, because we're going to be learning about sacred animals. And as we say this, Carrie has a sacred animal in her lap. Oh, yeah, she is. She's a perfect angel. Her name's Ella. She's a 15-year-old chihuahua. She's wearing orange. She's wearing orange. She's licking my arm. She's just so sweet. And it's interesting because dogs will come up in this talk. Oh, good. Because she makes a lot of big hoo-ha about which animals cross our paths. And dogs and cats they cross our paths so much more than every other animal. Cross our paths. Absolutely. Yeah. So who is she and why should I believe her? <laughs> her name is Bernadette King. Bernadette King, not to be confused with Deborah King. Correct. That is an important distinction because Deborah King was also from the Conscious Life Expo 2020. This is Conscious Life Expo 2022, where I got to meet Deborah King. And I knew I wanted to go to her talk. It was the very first one I attended yeah? at the Conscious <gasps> Life Expo 2022. Hey, that's what links these two talks. They're both our very first talks ah, that, nice. we, that we arrived at at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles. You probably, hopefully, already heard either our first episode in the series. This is a convention held amongst spiritualists of many different types mm -hmm. in Los Angeles every year, except they had to take off a year last year because of COVID. COVID. But we told you about them in 2020, and we're back in 2022. Continue. And yet, these episodes will stand alone because they are single speakers talking about a single thing. They speak for themselves. Exactly. So, this woman is Bernadette King, and first I went to her booth, so... Before I would go up to her talk, I noticed that she had a booth that was pretty much right as you entered the event space. Oh, okay. Did you see it? I feel like I saw every booth. Well, I'm sure you were aware of the booth for Starfire Water. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the main hallway. Okay, so Starfire Water was right across from Disclosure Fest. Disclosure Fest was right next to Bernadette King's booth. Okay, over on the side next to the doors where you enter for the Samosa house. Yes, sir. Okay, I know exactly where you're talking about. And yeah, there are dozens, maybe in the hundreds of booths. Lots of booths. Yeah, lots of booths. So I went and talked to some people at the Bernadette King booth. I said, oh, I'm going to her talk in just a few minutes. So what's the deal here? And they said, oh, we have images of all sorts of animals on all this merchandise. So they had magnets. They had... Magnets? How do they work? Maybe t-shirts. They had mugs, tarot cards. Lots of stuff. So the idea seemed to be, it was one of those very personalized things where you already know what your power animal is. Now come down here oh. and get a bunch of wolf shit or get a bunch of cat shit because you found out that that's Oh, your... I, you've interacted with her, not just you come with your favorite animal. Like, right. my temptation would be to say, hey, I like the platypus. Right, that's that my would power be animal. wrong. They'd be like, no. There's... No, absolutely not. There's a scientific method and you, I will You told me you, you already know my power animal. 
No, I don't know it yet. You but know I how will to be know able it. to figure it out. Okay, I'm yes. excited about this. Yeah, good, good, good. I was too. I wanted to know what a spirit animal was. So, spirit animal already has a definition in my head, but I'm yeah. curious, how do you define spirit animal? I feel like there might be a few schools of thought on this. Like you yeah. talk to different people and they have a different idea, but I feel like <laughs> it's hard not to draw a reference to Harry Potter and the Patronus. In the Harry Potter world, there's a spell that you cast. Okay. And And your power animal essentially leaps out of your wand and it provides protection against Dementors and other things that you need protection. Yeah, it's super cool. And so that's kind of like part of becoming a witch or wizard is that you find out what your spirit animal is or your Patronus charm. So I like I now kind of picture that like that there is an ethereal version of a platypus or whatever Mm -hmm. I end up having. Mm -hmm. But I think generally the idea is that somewhere within the spiritual realm, along with your guides and your angels, there is some avatar of some animal that is special to you that is kind of locked identity wise to you yes okay me too like you are a sports team and this is your mascot that's kind of how i see it too and i also figure that it has some sort of special guidance to give me on how to live my life Mm -hmm. like it has some special insight that i need that maybe ross doesn't need as much Almost like a proverb where they talk about like, learn from the ants, like somehow there might be a lesson within the behavior Mm -hmm. of that animal. Exactly. Like maybe Ross chews on wood and that's why the beaver is his spirit (laughs) animal. Or Ross needs to chew on wood, probably more likely. Now, I'll ask this up front. Is there a distinction, at least for this speaker, between a spirit animal and a power animal? Yes. Okay. There's a difference between your spirit animal, your power animal, and your totem animal. <gasps> Does this mean I get multiple animals? You get multiple animals, and I'll just tell you right now, distinction's very unclear for me. But cool. I'll tell you what she told me. <laughs> okay, okay. So after talking to the two women who were running her booth, they encouraged me, oh, just go ahead, go up to her talk. When you come down, you'll know what your power animal is, and then you know you can figure out what you want down here. Yeah. I said, great. And so I'm thinking, okay, anything that she tells me up there, there's going to be correlating merch down here. We'd hope so. This is one of my immediate questions. I think both you and I as... People who think in counterexamples, immediately I'm wondering, how many animals? Right. Like, do we, what kind of species do we get? Do we get to things that, like, you haven't heard of before? Does anyone Uh get the ibis or the Uh oryx? Uh Uh-huh. And if so, are you really keeping merch for each of those things? Exactly. I'm looking around and I'm thinking, like, goat, cat. Do we get, like, a wallaby and a kangaroo? Right, exactly. So, okay, well, these questions will be answered. How many forms of echidna? Okay, yes. So I go up to her talk. Her talk is called Spirit Animal Walk. There were 38 of us. Seven of us had masks. Okay. So the next room was really, really loud right away. It was one of those, oh, no, the person next to us has a microphone and a big crowd. Oh, I hate that situation. Oh, yeah. So every now and then you get drowned out by cheers for some point that somebody made. Right. Cool. So her assistant handed out some flyers as we walked in, and they were mostly for her website Mm. and just your typical marketing stuff. But she also gave us each some tarot cards and i will show you the ones i got oh cool those were just for joining the talk you got some of these tarot cards yes no i can't tell you more than that because at this point in the journey i didn't have more information these are nice designs yeah so she hands me 
marketing materials and then ignore that third one I've set on the table that'll okay. come into play later. Okay. But she also hands me these two cards oh. that I'm handing you. Whoa. Okay. Well, I'm already excited by one of these and you know which one it is. It's the owl. It's an owl. The polar bear is pretty cool too, though. Sure. You're fine, polar bear. You're fine. <laughs> you're my mom's favorite animal. She'd be more excited about you. But the owl. And these are glossy. Mm-hmm. They're very nicely produced. Each has on the back kind of a mountain range reflected in the water and kind of yeah, a, it's above a, lake. a purple galaxy sky above them and just a lot of mist lingering mm-hmm. over. And Highlights are blown out. A, maybe a little bit of sacred geometry at the top. Nice yeah. little connection to our respective talks. Oh, very exciting. And then under each animal, there are some descriptions. Okay. So under owl, it says seeing through shadows, psychic power. And under polar bear, it says healing hope gifts from the great spirit. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, so, not what I was expecting. Would have been yeah. great if the owl just said owl, owl, owl. <laughs> or the bear just said like, you love fish. <laughs> <laughs> so she these out. This is just the assistant handing them out. I have no idea what the message is I'm supposed to get from these. So I'm just holding them. So then Bernadette King, who's our proud speaker, she mm-hmm. comes up to the front. Not to She's, be confused with George King. No who we don't know who he is or why we should believe him. That's a real long callback. Sorry, new listeners. So she has... Actually, I have pictures for you. I'll show you her. Okay. But she has on a denim button-down shirt that's open in the front. Okay. As does her assistant, as does everyone at her booth. But hers says something like Mama Bear Bernadette, something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Carrie's showing us a picture of the speaker She's not barefoot, but you see a lot of her ankles. Maybe she's wearing some kind of slip-ons. Yeah, moccasins or something. is that her assistant behind her up on the podium? That's right. Behind the lectern? Okay. Mm -hmm. Both white women. She has reddish-brown hair. Looks like she's maybe in her late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, that was my guess, too. And then she also has on a huge necklace. It's got a very big medallion that has a white buffalo on it. Both our speakers have medallions today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Medallion day. So she begins her talk and she tells us straight up, hey, listen, my sacred duty on this earth is to end animal suffering. Hey, okay. Yeah. That's a good goal. Great goal. So I'm thinking... Awesome. Okay. How are you going to do that? Because I'm very much on board. We're going to end factory farming. We're going to end vivisection. We're going to stop... Makeup testing. Oh, yes. We're going to get those whales out of SeaWorld. What are we (laughs) up to here? This is how you get Carrie in a cult. (laughs) Right. So she tells us that she gives $15,000 to animal causes every year. Wow. That's a great way to start. Her first example is that she... Gives the money to Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses. I'm not sure what that is. Huh. That sounds like it's more for humans. Yeah, right. That's always another question to ask. So then she says, okay, so when you think of power animals, what do you think of? You know, I'm running through the things that you and I just about. And you get about. up and you deliver the whole speech. That we <laughs> yes. just oh, thank you so much for asking. Excuse me, you can move aside. Um, <laughs> I get a quick mental image of you grabbing the mic. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is so nice of you to ask. Um, (laughs) She said, you know, a lot of Americans, when they think of spirit animal or power animal, they think of Native Americans. 
And I would agree with that. I'm not sure what I actually know of the provenance, but I do associate that culturally with them. And you already mentioned totem animal coming up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she says, well, let me tell you what a spirit animal actually is. Spirit animal is an animal who appears when we need support, strength, inspiration, guidance, or love. Okay. So if you keep seeing an animal kind of unexpectedly, that's when you can realize like, oh. Like in the physical world or Um, in visions, maybe both? I don't think that she clarified. Okay. But her example for her was that at one point she kept seeing unicorns. So I hope not in the physical world. Oh, yeah. Or... This would be a different talk. new problems. So I think maybe if you keep seeing them in art and stuff, that would count. Okay. So that's how she realized that in that moment, oh, yeah. unicorns were her spirit animal. That animal starts with your zodiac somehow. So she goes, I'm a triple Scorpio. Now don't run away. And a bunch of people in the audience who must really know their astrology go, <gasps> Wow. So she's aligned with not just... Scorpio is her birth month, but like something was in the rising of the... Butt rising. Yeah, something. All right. Um, Oh, but this caused panic. Yeah, people were like, ugh. I know that Scorpios, poor Scorpios, I know that they are thought of as like kind of the jerks. Oh. Yeah. They are the Slytherin. They're the Slytherin. Exactly. Of of the uh, astrological world. Okay. So she says, but I also have always been obsessed with bears And one day someone pointed out to me that my name, Bernadette, means brave bear. Whoa. Whoa. People created names out of things that they encountered. Yeah. Amazing. So already I was getting- It is cool. But I was getting confused because she had mentioned spirit animal, totem animal, and power animal. I was already not totally clear on which we were talking about. And she's already laid claim to unicorns, which are mythical creatures. Exactly. Unicorns. Now we're talking about bears. Okay. Which one was which? I'm not sure. Okay. So then she said, your totem animal can come and go. Your totem animal can come and go. Might be something that you need a message from right now. But it's not like lifelong. Okay. So your totem animal represents you. This is like how you are right now. It's not necessarily an animal you can learn from because they do something you need to do. It's more a reflection of yourself. Okay. That you like to eat fish. That you're not afraid (laughs) of cold water. Exactly. Using the polar bear, yes. Now the power animals are ones we've been in a past life. Oh, okay. But still, presumably, still have some relevance to our current life. Wow. So we have, at some point, reincarnated from that animal form. You used to be a mammal. (laughs) That's right. I was a mammal once. God, I wonder what it was like. (laughs) I bet I gave live birth and Can you imagine being a mammal? Oh, my God. It sounds horrible. Another callback to a past life episode. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. Now, the power animal is also the animal that we are when we invoke them so let's say that in a past life you were a cat okay so somewhere in ross there is the energy of a cat and there might be some important thing to harness oh Oh, my god my cat jumped up on the table brought gully straight over oh my god that was a powerful jump yeah i'm positive that bernadette king would have made a lot out of this yeah wow okay 
So let's say you do have the spirit of a cat in you mm-hmm. and kind of forgotten it because you're in this new lifetime and you could still learn something from it and it's still kind of inside you. So maybe you're like, oh, I need to be more agile, more flexible in life. Okay. I'm going to call upon my cat nature. Mm. That would be invoking the power animal. Because it is within you. It is within you. Because you've lived that before. Right. Now, I think that's right. Is the idea that you might have lived multiple animal lives? Like I could have been a snake and then a cat and then a chicken? Great question. Wonderful question. Thank you. I would think so. Okay. But if so, that was not dealt with. Now, Golly is sitting on my keyboard. Ah, my kitty. Typing things into my notepad document and expecting to be petted. (laughs) She's like, I heard talk of kitties. So, she says, the power animal is also the animal that you, and this is a direct quote, the animal that you step out of to be human. Uh, Can you unpack that? Not really. Okay. Because a lot of people in the crowd kept asking for clarification on yeah. this, and she kept repeating it. Well, it's the animal that you are that you step out of to be human. <laughs> I worked really hard on this sentence, and <laughs> yeah, I don't have any more. You will accept it. <laughs> yes. I, I, it, I'm really extrapolating here. She did not say this. Okay. But the sense I was getting was, okay, so... Since I was, say, a cat in a past life, there's something central to me that's cat-like. But now that I'm in this human form, I have forced myself into a human existence. Mm -hmm. And it would behoove me to... You have hooves? Return. No, no, I'm confusing you. Uh, it would put me to return in some way to my cat instincts. To your main animal. Yes. So like a lion. Like a lion because they have manes. <laughs> okay, maybe I get this. Yeah, kind of. I'm not sure I do either. Sounds like the rest of the room was equally confused. Maybe not at this point, but later on for sure people were asking for clarification and not okay, getting that much. was your spirit animal. That was my power animal. Power animal. Okay. Yeah. Spirit animal is the past life one. Totem uh, animal is the temporary one. Nope. Power animal, past life. Totem is the one that can come and go that represents you right now. Okay. Your spirit animal is the one that you keep seeing because it has something to teach you. Okay. 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 So then, this is a very fun surprise. She shared that she started out her work working as an evidential psychic medium. Oh, hey. Like our friend Cindy Cindy Kaza. So for those who didn't partake, an evidential psychic medium is someone who claims to be able to speak with the dead and that they... Quite confident they can prove it to you. Yeah, exactly. They like to talk with you and get... Got some evidence. Get like tiny hints of your life, but not Mm -hmm. too much. So then they can tell you a little more and wow you. Yeah. So she said she's done over 60,000 readings as an evidential psychic medium. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this is a secondary career now. So she said, are there other readers in this room? And when she said readers, I'm thinking like, people (laughs) who love to read, hands up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely, right here. I assume I was the only one who took it that way. That knows. <laughs> but there were like, you know, 10 of us who raised our hands. And now you're the psychic reader. <laughs> right. One of. Yeah. Okay. So there are like 10 of us who raise our hands. And she's like, oh, I love this. I love this. A Lots quarter of, of readers. the audience. 
Yeah. Wonderful. I love that. So what do you think? Should I go around and read everyone's power animal or do you want to like break into little groups and the people who are readers can get, can do readings for one another and I'm Blind leading the blind. Yeah. So I'm First option. First option. Yeah. I'm making the like, uh oh, abort. Carrie's chopping her head off. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. You don't want me. I misunderstood the question. Um, (laughs) Fortunately, it seems like everybody was kind of like, well, we're here to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So no, please walk around and do your thing. Okay. So she is going to go around and help us figure out what our spirit animal is. Okay. So she tells us all to set a specific intention for what we want from meeting our animal. This is the most exciting moment because right now... You're undifferentiated, like a stem cell. You could be anything. Yeah, totally. The possibilities are just amazing. I could be a camel. Yes, absolutely. I could be a dromedary. What's a dromedary? A cousin of the camel. Oh, okay. Like, you know, you could be a llama or an alpaca. Yes, like, you know, I want variety. I hope she's not going to say we're all one of eight different animals. Right. That totally. would make me mad. Well, actually, you know, I should make you guess what mine is because okay. maybe you're super psychic. Okay. Feeling for Carrie. I'm just going to see what comes to mind. Here it comes. Okay. Not Kinkajou. That's too random. But I'm going to say monkey. Okay. Yeah. A primate. Okay, so she said, everyone set an intention for what you want from meeting your animal. Mm. So I wrote down, okay, my intention is to ask what I need to learn or understand more clearly. Then she said, is everybody okay with drumming? We're all like, yes. (laughs) And then she's like, "Some okay, I'm just asking because some people, they do not resonate with drumming. Okay. Well, that's so, nice. Unlike that yeah. one time we went to the crystal oh, skull thing and God, they, they beat the drum next to your head when you had a migraine. Had a migraine. <laughs> Incredible. Still think about that sometimes. Right, you're talking about learning. Now I'm thinking of an owl, but I'll stick with my monkey. Okay. So she comes around and she has this drum that has been beautifully painted, like half woman, half brown bear, really pretty. Whoa. Yeah. So she comes around and she like sort of bangs on that as she walks through us. And she says, focus on your intention. And now I'm going to bring the deck around to all of you. And you're going to pick the card that's calling to you. So she has this special deck. You saw three cards from it. Mm -hmm. It is called the Ark Animal Tarot and Oracle Deck. 100 multi-use cards and guidebook channeled and created by Bernadette King. This is all like pretty professionally done. Yeah. This almost looks like, I don't know, a software package that mm-hmm. you would buy in fries 15 years ago. Totally. As you can see, I did eventually buy a pack for myself, but yeah. this is what she was bringing around. Can I ask uh, what that set you back? I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. okay. And that's a leopard? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's a leopard on the front. Okay. And the deck is... A hundred cards, so, you know, pretty big. So she's going around. Yeah, and, and these standing. are oversized cards. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like tarot cards. Tarot so cards, don't yeah. Don't think playing cards. These are uh, right. an extra order of magnitude larger. So she's going around and fanning them out and saying, you know, pick the one that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Focus on your intention as you do. Well, this is good. That's a big variety of animals if they're all different. Yeah, agree. I approve. And she said, and I got to tell you, be prepared because the last group I did this with... <laughs> <laughs> they had bruised jaws from hitting the floor. It was so spot on. Really? Yes. When she says be prepared, I think that it's going to be a lion with a black be mane. Be prepared. <laughs> 
Okay, so already though, I've lost track at this point of is this my spirit animal? Is this my totem animal? <laughs> right, right. Is this my power animal? Yeah, what am I what getting? What is this? And I'm not sure she is clear either. But okay. okay, so we all start drawing. And keep in mind, she's already passed out two cards, right? I've got a polar bear, I've mm-hmm. got an owl, but mm-hmm. I don't know what those mean yet. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm pulling this other card and I draw what I have to say is maybe the coolest fucking power animal you could possibly draw. This is what comes out for me. A mantis. Whoa. A fucking praying mantis. Yeah, and this is like an action photo. Well, you know, it's just, wow, and it's got like full wings out. Yeah, I really felt like I won the fucking lottery when I pulled that out and I was like, a praying mantis? Yeah, you won. Hell yeah. Okay, so under mantis it says, fearlessness, flexibility, I was like, all right, cool, I win. And then (laughs) like the girl behind me who was actually was my friend, Rachel, she drew a duck. (laughs) So I'm like, praying mantis. And she's like, I got a duck. What does it mean? And then underneath it was like water. (laughs) I don't know. It's so boring. Duck, duck, (laughs) duck, mantis. Mantis. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Although I got to say, I love a duck, so it's fine. But as a power animal. Mantis is hard to Did anybody try to trade? Like, oh. No, no, that would have been funny. So she said also, now if you get an animal that you don't like, just try to go with it. We'll talk it out. Sometimes that happens. There Mm -hmm. are insects in here. I know some people don't like insects. There are snakes in here. Some people don't like snakes. Roll with it. It's going to be okay. So at this point, I'm still thinking, though, like, okay, what's my polar bear and owl, though? Yeah, yeah. But I've got this mantis thing. That's cool. So... One guy in the audience got snakes, and he's afraid of them. Oh, no. And Bernadette said something actually very rational. She said, like, well, you know, that's the third most common fear. There's uh, death, public speaking, and literally the (laughs) one is snakes. Wow. So not that uncommon. But if you are afraid of the animal you get, it could be a shadow animal. That's an animal who holds your trauma. So you had like something you needed to learn from the snake. Shadow animal. Oh, yeah. so yet another type of animal you can have. Right, it's right. a whole menagerie springing up. But it's a shadow of whichever thing you're already doing. So it could okay. be a shadow toto animal oh. or a shadow spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I'm just curious. Other than humans, are there any animals in this conference room? Oh, good question. I don't think think so in this particular example but there were a lot of dogs at conscious life expo yeah Yeah, some people had them so if i were a little you know like purse poodle i would be very excited (laughs) at this moment like look at me yeah (laughs) i'm i'm the real animal i don't even need a card (laughs) so yeah most people seems kind of in the middle about their animals not really sure what they meant not that inspired by them and sort of looking for guidance from her about like how should Hmm. i interpret this okay you're the only one who's like yeah mantis got it yeah exactly i was stoked but she's like you got the animal you were supposed to get today if you know if you're not clear that's okay you know give it some thought and i'll try to help you so there was one woman with a condor that's what she had drawn and she's like i don't know what this means and bernadette said that means that you are a shaman or a healer and you need to follow that path which is something we hear all the time from these people mm, you know mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. like since you're in this room you are supposed to be doing hippy dippy shit <laughs> of course you are a healer and you eat dead flesh 
Um, Condor, aren't they? Uh... Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Bernadette tells her that she's supposed to be a shaman or a healer. And the woman says, and she's so exasperated. She's like, I know that. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm here at the Conscious Live Expo. N- well, oh, true. Genius. But, but <laughs> it, apparently this is something she's known for a long time, but she kind of can't figure out how to do it. So oh. she's like, I know I'm supposed to be a shaman or healer, but I haven't figured out like what my thing is. Oh, why and not? I, I keep trying and I can't figure it out. And like, honestly, it's just getting frustrating. I was hoping me. I could come to the small ballroom the first day of the conference and you would tell me. Yeah, right. Exactly. Should I just go hang out with condors? Help me. <laughs> So Bernadette's like, well, that makes sense because you know what? It's scientifically proven that everyone, even plants, are psychic. At this conference, a lot of people will utter the phrase, it's scientifically proven that. And Mm. this is a place where you need to be highly suspicious of what comes next. Yeah, totally. Especially when it's even plants are psychic. (laughs) (laughs) It's been scientifically proven that. Okay. She says, oh, okay. Also, hang on. Sorry. Screeching my brakes. Psychic specifically has to mean you have greater insight than the guy sitting next to you. Mm. If everyone is psychic, no one is psychic. Good point. That's an interesting way to look at that. Right? Yeah, and hard to pull off when you're a Venus flytrap. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Like if I define psychicness as sight... Then most people have that. How would that be impressive? That it's you've like got in The it? Incredibles. If everyone's special, no, no one, one is special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, she's like, but you're no exception. I see that you're frustrated. You can't figure it out, but I can see you. I can see you in my mind's eye because I also am psychic. I can see you, and you were very closed off as a kid. Were you abused? And she—that's mm, quite a jump, right? And she's like, "Well, I don't know about abused, but like my parents didn't really support me in hmm. wanting to do this kind of stuff." And she said, "There you go." Okay, wow. <laughs> there you go. That's why you're a condor. Swing, miss, but still a hit. Yeah, <laughs> I decided that it is. Well, the next person had picture of two owls kissing. Oh, um, cute. And Bernadette said, okay, the owl is the only animal in the deck that actually appears twice. So we have the owl and the kissing owls. When the owl shows up, it's time to peer into the shadows, see in the dark, really look at your dark side. Rotate your head 270 degrees. <laughs> Eat some mice. <laughs> Next person had a dragon. Okay. So, Bernadette. All right, mythical animals. Yes. There's Ber- still hope for a hodag. I'm hoping that's oh your Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. So, she said, people have been thinking about dragons for millennia, and that's, wh- and that's why they exist. People have been thinking about <laughs> dragons for millennia, and that's why they exist. That's not how that works, Bernadette. So, as she's saying this, I'm looking at her, and I'm trying to make my mind make sense of that <laughs> sentence, and I happen to be very close to her physically. Yeah. And she turns and looks at me as I'm looking at her with my mouth kind of slack jawed, trying to figure out what that meant. And she sees me and she just cracks up and she goes, ah, you should see your face. You're like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Whoa. 
true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to be like, oh, that's not what's going through my head. Yeah. It's really not. Okay, so then now she calls on this other woman who also wants help. So she has three cards somehow. I think like me, she was given two and she's confused about why she has three now. I love this whole setup. You hand out random cards with animals on them and people ask you questions. <laughs> right. And then suddenly Explain it's been an this hour. to me. <laughs> why do I have this bow constrictor? Yeah. Why am I in this situation? <laughs> so she has these three water cards. Now, this is the therapist I mentioned in the last episode. So she doesn't believe in this kind of stuff, but she has come with her friends to help them with their booth. Okay. And she's... And she's just full bore. She's like, I'm going to go participate. She's a good spirit. Yeah. But she's very forthright about like not being... I'm not going to say anything that I don't believe. Yeah. I'm not into this. I'm trying to be respectful, but this isn't my deal. So... Typical mountain goat. She shows the three cards, and they're all water cards, all animals who live in water. Oh. Okay, so Bernadette is like, oh, very interesting. What do you do for a living? And she says, I'm a therapist. And she says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense, because <laughs> you are, like, really military and precise. True or not true? And she says, not true. <laughs> And so, like that, just so polite, but like, yeah. no, no, asked and answered, no. You gave me options, and yeah. that's <laughs> Option the closest. Two. And she's like, so Bernadette is annoyed by this. Yeah, and oh, disconfirmation, not good at this conference. Yeah, so she's like, okay, you think that's not true, fine. <laughs> she says like, well, okay, so what makes you say no? She's making this face like, I'll humor you, you dumb shit. You what therapist. makes you say yeah. no? Okay, so she says, well, let me be honest. I'm like not very woo-woo. I'm here to help my friends. But um, as far as being military-like, I have really severe ADD Hmm. and it's inattentive. I'm not rigid at all. In fact, I have to fight for order in my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's just like as opposite as you could possibly get. So then Bernadette is like, yes, you are. I know that. You're not rigid. And so you become sort of militaristic and fighting for order. So we can make any statement work. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And this poor lady, she's nodding and she- Will I don't it know. end if I nod and smile? Yeah. But like, you can just see it in her eyes. She's not even eager to like give Bernadette this moment and let <laughs> yeah. it end. Mm-hmm. She's just like, okay, yeah, I'm- Whatever you need to do. Yeah. Is this, are you done or how can I help you? You know, it's just so little input. So then Bernadette moves on. She's not happy with that one. So she moves on to this little boy. And the little boy has gotten a jaguar. Ooh, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool, right? So she's like, oh, this is amazing. You are really going to do something with your life. You are such a special little boy. You are going to go into a helping profession. Like, what are you into right now? And he says, bless him, he says, reading. Which hopefully he, he actually was one of met the books. Yeah. Oh, hope, oh. oh, God, I hope. <laughs> right. So she points the little boy, turns to his dad, who was next to him. I'm picturing him like Antonio from Encanto, because he had the jaguar that came and uh, oh, okay, okay. hung out with him in his room. Yeah, hard to remember all the characters from Encanto. So many. So she points at the little boy, turns to his dad, who's next to him, and she says, 
he's a change the world kid. And his dad's like, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's going to stick with that kid. Yep. I remember when people said things like that to me when I was a kid. Yeah. That kind of declarative statement really sits deep in your psyche. And you're like, oh, I've got to change the world now. I'm a change the world kid. And I think that people capitalize on that a lot with children. Absolutely. Especially in these circles. And Mm -hmm. it's a nice thing to tell a child. So I'll I'll take that over your... Triple Scorpio. You're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> this is a piece of shit kind of kid. You should know that, Dad. It, I mean, it's it, a piece of shit. It puts some psychic burden on the child, but at the same time, it's motivator. Like, wow, okay, yeah, I'm special. I'm gonna assume this plays out fine. I do think, like, sometimes we talk too much about like productivity and like you sure. kind of unless you defining yourself in terms of what you achieve, your output, when like it's impact a, you yeah. make on the world. If, if all you care about is whether you're using too many plastics, and yeah. you gotta like don't have a heavy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you got his contact information and this begins oh, a, a longitudinal s- study. Okay, yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> That's the best way to do this. Not true. Not true. Okay. Another woman has a pangolin. Cool. Animal once suspected of starting the COVID pandemic. I think maybe not so much anymore. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So that woman who got the pangolin, she starts talking about COVID. She's like, how interesting they get the pangolin. You know, a lot of people thought... And then Bria just stops her. She's like, no, the pangolin is a dark night of the soul card. Whoa. (laughs) It's saying that you are too solitary. You do not need to be this solitary. You need to look deep inside of yourself and recognize you are not a lone creature. Oh, you got the death card, essentially. Yeah, you got this cute little Poor pangolin, yeah. Okay. Looks like a little armored anteater kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And then she said, like, you have trouble finding a tribe, don't you? And the woman kind of nods. Okay. Yeah, I do. And then Bernadette said, this is kind of interesting. Bernadette says, me too. I've never been diagnosed, but I think I have Asperger's and I don't have a tribe either. Well, yeah. Okay. It's a very raw moment. And then I'm, she just moved on to talk about caterpillars. I don't want to spoil anything if she gets there, but does she ever mention what her power, spirit, and totem animals are? So she has that white buffalo on her necklace in part because white buffaloes visit her a lot in whatever way. Of course, we heard mention of the unicorn. We also heard mention of bears. Right. Not sure which is totem, which is what, I don't know. Okay. But those seem to be the ones that have repetition in her life. And I wonder if she picked out of her deck, I assume she would pick some random animal. Yeah. Then she'd have to make sense of that too. Oh, right. Okay, so this was one of my big questions is like, if we do this twice, are we supposed to get the same results? (laughs) Exactly, right. That's always the question. Like, how repeatable is this in the moment? Especially, what if you are truly the duck and the person next to you got the duck? Right, you're ducked. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, actually, this will be accidentally tested at the end. And I'll tell you why, but remind me if I don't. Okay. Okay, so one woman got a caterpillar and Bernadette asks her, do you have trouble speaking your truth? Like Should- most caterpillars. Because <laughs> caterpillars because they don't talk, I guess. I don't know. And the woman said, no. <laughs> well, she spoke her truth. Exactly. And then Bernadette scoffs. <sighs> sure. Okay. Well, if she said yes, we'd have to suspect that answer because she has trouble speaking her truth. Right. Right. So confusing. Okay. But. Bernadette does not like that answer, so she goes, sure, okay. 
she said no too and like gestures at that therapist oh she's nursing a grudge against yeah. the therapist yeah she's like yeah fine she said no too so you messed with my act so okay and then she says how about being vulnerable and the woman says i think i'm okay with being vulnerable hmm. and Bernadette says ha, okay well <laughs> there's a difference between speaking up and speaking your truth okay Wow. It's so funny. We've run into this so many times when people are giving these kinds of readings, when this is a matter of them proving their intuitive abilities. Yep. Gainsaying them is the worst thing you can do for the flow of their show. Yep. So now you become like an enemy, a target, and they've yes. got to like find some way to minimize this interaction between you and them and either like just paper over it and go to someone else uh-huh. or make an example out of you and be like, this is what happens if you contradict me. Right. And I will s- cut you down. So often this person is just you or me. Like being mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be honest with my answer, even though I feel this social pressure, right. I'm going to be honest and then feel like the bad guy and you feel <laughs> slithering into your chair. And the lesson so, to everybody else is, you know, just go along. It. Yeah. So I was so grateful that like, oh, look, this whole room is just like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great. I love it when that happens. Okay. So she's like, who else? Who else? And I'm like waving my hand. So she comes over to me. So I show her my mantis and I am beaming. I'm holding it up and I'm like, I'm a praying mantis. Tell me nice things about myself. Uh-oh. I hand it to her. I'm like, here we go. Okay, so a reminder. At the bottom it says mantis, fearlessness, flexibility, yeah. and battle. Well, two of those are good things. Yeah. At least, yeah. So she looks at it. She clearly does not read the writing on the bottom. Okay. And she goes, You're a stick. <laughs> No, You're- no, on top of the stick, you see there's a there's a praying mantis on top of the stick. So this image is of a praying mantis <laughs> standing on a stick, and the praying mantis has adapted a mimicry mechanism where it looks somewhat like the stick, yeah. but is not one. And she's like, it means you're stuck. You're like a walking stick. You're not moving forward. I'm just thinking that this is an engram you're going to have to clear later with Scientology. <laughs> this woman saying, you are a stick. You're a stick. Yeah, so I'm like, looking at it, I'm thinking like, well, this says fearlessness and flexibility. Yeah. It's not Why bad. am I a stick? stick? Sticks aren't known for flexibility. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so then I'm thinking, okay, so is this one of the ones where this is what I need instead of what I am? It's like, like the pangolin. So, there's no clarity here. Yeah, is it just her subjective? I mean, she had these cards printed up. These are her marketed cards with her name on them. Then she said, do you have trouble acting, like doing the things you want to do? So my immediate thought was like, no. I mean, this year especially, no. I'm yeah. like doing exactly what I want to do that I've put off for a long time and really want to No, yeah. is my first thought. But then this little bit of social pressure and the feeling of three people having turned her down right. before me. You want to extend an olive branch right. because you're a stick. Because of a stick. So that creeps in. So I go, ah, and she goes, I rest my case. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just because you're trying to be nice to her and uh-huh. switch your response. Uh-huh. And she's like, see, look how indecisive she is. She mm-hmm. can't even answer this question. <laughs> cool. Okay, so then I said... It's like the main point of the exercise 
becomes just validating the speaker. Yeah. Yes, yes. So That's what we're all here for. <laughs> right. So she's like, so you just need to move forward. That's what it's telling you to move forward. And then she tries to move forward away from me. And I'm like, wait, hang on. I have a question. I also got these two other cards. What are they about? Good and question. Yeah. Thank you. And she's like, you got these? How? <laughs> and I say- Telekinesis. I pulled them out of the deck. <laughs> I point to her assistant and I say, she handed them out when we walked in. And she's like, oh. And then her assistant's like, yeah, sorry, I think I think we miscommunicated. I thought that I was supposed to pass them out. And sorry, I meant to only give you one, but it appears I gave you two and now you have three because <laughs> she came around and handed them out. So I'm like, okay, so here's the test of the system. (laughs) Yeah, which of these is my power animal? And she's like, well, okay, so they're together, they're giving you a message. Mm, She's Uh just making stuff up on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, together, they're showing you to act. Because, okay, so here's what's interesting, actually. The owl and the polar bear are both sky animals. Uh-huh. How, sky. The polar bear is a sky animal. <laughs> the yeah, polar bear is actually a sky animal. And let me tell you why. And then she goes into some long explanation about the way tarot cards are set up. And there's some sign on the bottom that actually, like, sort of means sky. Like, I find oh myself my wondering God. how much of religion comes from these moments when mm. someone just has to kind of improvise makes me think of l ron hubbard for yeah sure. hey this works for the moment let's write it down <laughs> yeah codified for centuries for a second i felt like this helped someone okay so together these three things which first of all we all know the polar bear flies they are showing me that the sky is supporting me okay in some way it wasn't really clear but the sky is supporting me in my need to act and i need to not be a stick all right. And that's what she got from Polar Bear Owl and Praying Mantis. Good thing you came to this convention. Yeah, boy, that was really clarifying for me. Then, so Rachel, my friend who's sitting behind me, she is the duck. She calls on Rachel. <laughs> and she's like, oh, the duck, this is a really good one. It means you're really smart. Do you agree? So Rachel's like, yes, no. yeah, yeah, I agree. And she's like, you know, you can just really use your brain. Like there might be something that for other people doesn't make sense, but for you it makes sense. And it's just like you can completely compute it and like you just get it. And Rachel's like, yeah, y- yeah, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, she's like, yes, yeah, so exactly. And what do you do? And Rachel's like, I'm an actress. Okay, yeah, so exactly. So you got to use that brain. Don't just, you're very beautiful. Don't just use your beauty. Use your brains. Okay. She's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Will do. So one woman had a cheetah. And apparently a cheetah represents guilt or sadness around children. Cheetahs never prosper. We know that. (laughs) So the woman's like kind of thinking about that. And she's like, well, huh. I have a son. But that relationship's pretty good. I mean, I did miscarry before I had my son. Oh. And like she says it like that, you know, like it yeah, doesn't seem okay. like it hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. And Bernadette goes, well, I don't know why you needed to be reminded of that today, hmm. but it's okay. Huh. All right. 
I mean, there's worse things she could have said. But, sure. All right. It's just something about owning someone else's tender yeah. moment like yeah, that. Oh, sure. thank you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you. So glad we had this talk. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of it. Right. Now I am. Now I am, but it's okay. Well, good. One guy got a zebra card, and he happened to be wearing black and white on his shirt, and boy, everyone was very impressed by that. Yeah? Yeah. There was also a guy who, he was wearing like a cap and a polo shirt. He didn't really fit the aesthetic of this event. He wasn't really the guy you'd expect. And so she turned to him, and she was like, you, I have a feeling about you. You don't seem like the person who would be here. Like something really unusual brought you here, huh? If she had said that for you, that would have been pretty meaningful. That'd be okay. But so he goes, "Uh, no, I go to stuff like this all the time. Oh, okay. And uh, and she's like, but something unusual brought you here. Hmm. And he was like, I saw an ad. And she's like, I rest my case. Okay. (laughs) Do you? This isn't a good place to rest it, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. You haven't convinced us of anything. Her case gets tired easily. (laughs) Okay, so we're nearing to the end of this talk. She's taking questions. So I raised my hand and I said, so what about dogs and cats? Mm -hmm. And she said, what about them? I said, like, well, you talked about animals crossing our paths and what they mean and the symbols they bring to us but like we're so connected with dogs and cats i feel like i see a dog or a cat every day Mm -hmm. so what do you think that is why are we so connected to dogs and cats and she goes well it's because they were some of the first domesticated animals (laughs) oh thanks lady yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh they're pets oh we're switching to to that level of explanation all of a sudden. You know what? Actually, now that you say it, I think I have a dog and a cat. (laughs) And that's why I see them a lot. Uh Oh, shit. You're so right, Bernadette. So they can't have any spiritual significance. Yeah, it's... They were domesticated really early, you idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now that we're in Q&A, someone actually did ask her like, sorry, can you explain again the difference between a totem animal, a power animal, and a spirit animal? She only gave us a definition of totem and power, but she said, totem is who you are, okay. who you most resonate with right now. Power animal is then, she said this again, the power animal is, of course, the animal you step out of to be human. Ah, all right. Any mention of totem obviously raises a flag immediately, like, okay, how are you using this term? Just because it is, you know, so ripe for cultural appropriation. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, But it doesn't sound like she went deep down that path. Okay. Though I will say there was definitely some, like, design elements in the way that she presented herself Mm -hmm. and her drum. Having a drum, right. Everything did seem inspired by depictions of Native American culture, but not too far into that okay. and then finally she told us that humans are the weakest animal and oh yeah she got that as a download from her power animal we're subjugating the planet pretty efficiently for the weakest animal yep yep and <laughs> she mentioned that that is why cities are named after animals and not humans what <laughs> yeah i immediately start going like san juan Wa- capistrano washington dc <laughs> what <laughs> 
I'm sure there are some cities named after animals. Well, especially but... we live in California where every other city's named after a saint. Yep. So that was weird. Anyway, then I went down to her table and I thought, you know what? I want this fucking tarot deck. Yeah. And I want I don't blame to you. do readings for my friends. And I especially want to do psychic readings for the Collins at the Collins show. Oh, yeah. So I spent $70. Oh, wow. On this tarot deck and book. Okay. And I will now do a power animal reading for you. Okay. And I got to say, I already did one for Drew. And what was funny is the first one I did, I did at the table and they were like, you can just think about his energy and use your left hand to pull a card for him, the one that has your engagement ring on it. Okay. And that'll be his power animal. And it was a black swan and it was like, this is really bad. You're going to die was basically the description. Okay. So we did another one when I came home and he got something nicer. I forget what. Cool. And I'm sure if he did it again, he'd get a different animal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? That's randomization. <laughs> Shuffling. I mean, and is she only doing this once for herself? Right. Yeah. Is it then set for life? I would imagine that there are animals that can change over time, but then you have one that is right. principally your animal. But then still, if you just decide to test the system and go like, okay, how about my power animal? I'm just going to make sure it's still a right. dove. Yeah, I'm going to go grab from the deck. Right. Yeah. Then you're just you know somebody hoping to get the ace of spades. Right, exactly. Okay, here we go. Okay, well, I saw the one on the bottom and it looked exciting, but I won't grab that. Okay, I'm... yeah. Wait, Listen okay. to your spirit. Listen to your spirit okay. animal, whose name you do not know. Okay, I'm being led to this part of the deck near the top. Carrie's giving me many things to choose from. I have grabbed a mythical animal, the phoenix. Oh, damn. Okay, what does it say? Renewal, alchemical changes, reemergence. Oh, this is good. Okay, and it will have a, should have a description in this book, too. I'm Order of the Phoenix. There's a theme going on here. The Phoenix story begins in Greek mythology, where the creature is a long-standing symbol for the power of the sun. Each phoenix creates a funerary nest from myrrh and will die there, combusting into a flurry of flames. The legendary bird lives for 500 years before it must accept this fatality to experience life again. Historians believe the concept of the phoenix may have begun in Egypt. Blah, 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 blah. In the collective consciousness, the phoenix remains radiant and vibrant. It's the ability to begin a new life, powerful and young. Was something easily adapted into a wide variety of allegorical motifs throughout the world? Blah, 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 blah. When the phoenix appears as your spirit animal, it's time to have faith in miracles. Okay. If it's the totem animal, as a totem animal, it belongs to those who let nothing and no one keep them down for long. And as a power animal, invoke phoenix as your power animal when you need help rising from the ashes. All right. I have no idea which one of these. I guess the closest there would be the totem animal. Okay. Out of those options. Okay. But okay. Well, I'm looking looking forward to the next 461 years before I die and reemerge. Why that number? Oh, because I've lived 39 years and I've got 500 as a phoenix. Oh, did it say that? Yeah. I just wasn't listening to my own voice. (laughs) They live 500 years. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Very applicable to me. So thank you. You're welcome. Wait, let me take a picture of my phoenix. Okay. Oh, here, you want to lay it next to my three animals? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you got a sky animal, too, just like my polar bear. 
Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And that is my story. All right. Well, let me lay some sacred geometry on you. And let me lay down some sacred shopping. What you got for me? I believe that Can you get me any sweet deals? Okay, yes, I can, but they might get a little sticky. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about honey. No, I'm thinking of like getting sticky fingered on the internet, but I don't think that's what they're going for. Um, We're talking about honey. Yes, honey, it is a shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. And And also in part sponsors this episode. Exactly. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Do you enjoy online shopping? Yeah, it's convenient. It's certainly convenient. You can get everything. Almost. Yeah, it's a very efficient means to bring the goods to the people. Yeah, I do a fair amount of online shopping myself. And imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Mm Mm-hmm. Picturing it? Picture it. Okay, it's animalpowercards.com, your favorite site. (laughs) And you're going to check out and you see that little field taunting you. It's like discount code. This happens all the time. And I look at that code and it stares back at me. We stare at each other. Uh I think I've got nothing to put in there. And you start typing in like. I feel like I don't know all the right people. Right. And you don't. And that's still okay because you know, honey. That's right. I've got Honey in my corner embedded in my browser. It's Mm. a browser plugin that you can get on whatever browser you use or on your iPhone. And when you check out, that button just appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Yeah, this is something I really love about Honey is you don't have to remember to invoke it. Uh Uh-huh. Because otherwise, moments after I would purchase, then I would think like, oh, I should have checked Honey. No, Honey is smart and it Mm. pops down for you and it says, hey, you want... May I have... Yeah, exactly. You want me to check? Kind of like Clippy. But better because no Clippy eyes, went away. Though. I kind of liked Clippy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you yeah, had those cute little Team eyes. Clippy? All right. Yeah. But yeah, it pops right down. Sometimes it'll have like 11 different codes or something. You want me to run through these? It's really clever like that because it will try the first code and you'll see the page kind of process and refresh. It'll try the second one and it'll go through them pretty quickly. And then it'll say, here's the best one we found or you've already got the best price. Mm. But yeah, really smart. Yeah, it only takes a few seconds. And if it finds a working coupon, your prices just drop, 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 drop like a phoenix. I didn't like in- a phoenix that's dying <laughs> into the fire. But that's a good thing because it will mm-hmm. emerge again from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just work on a desktop. It works on your iPhone, as you mentioned. And if you just activate it on Safari on your phone, you can save on the go. I have it in Firefox, which is my primary browser. Come at me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I won't. I also use Chrome, but I had an interesting thing happen to me the other day. I was buying pants and a shirt Mm -hmm. at Banana Republic, Okay, and honey popped down, and it gave me, like, extra honey points. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm excited now. I'm accruing honey points. I don't know what's going to happen with these, but I'm glad I have them. Nice. Uh, And it was pretty easy to use? Yeah. Oh, it always is. And, yeah, it saved me money on all kinds of things, like I've been buying gifts or buying food online and honey pops to the rescue saves me uh, usually like a couple bucks nice if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid even though honey is not solid and supporting <laughs> this show so get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no that's joinhoney.com slash oh no 
Ross as a phoenix rising from the ashes yes. of your former self, mm-hmm. which of course needed burning down. Yes. Do you feel that 2022 is the year that you're really going to soar to new heights? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 2022 is the year to do right by yourself, even if you're not a phoenix, even if you're a sturgeon. I'm not. I am a mantis, also known as a stick. But (laughs) I still respect myself. And I agree. 2022 is the year to do right by me. And so I'm going to buy more bras. That's what I'm talking about. You're a mammal with breasts. Exactly. Third love. Third Love knows comfort and fit are essential to feeling your best, which is why they designed their kinetic sports bra, which very good sports bra, mm, okay. to support you every step of the way. It's designed with unmatched comfort and support for your high-intensity workouts and, if you want, just your casual weekend errands. Yeah, my wife, Kara recently got some new third love wear and she's really excited about it. in fact there's kind of lounge wear like nighttime clothing she's been wearing constantly it's just very comfortable and nice looks great and uh, and also a new bra that she got that she's like this is very comfortable nice yeah she's a big See? fan i love third love my favorite is still their t-shirt bra it's nice and light and comfy and you know i love those accordion straps yeah i will never shut the fritch up about them as you shouldn't Because Third Love does comfort, and so can you. Mm -hmm. Their bras, underwear, activewear, and feel-good all-day wear are designed to hug better, hold stronger, and support longer. And Third Love obsesses over each stitch, so you never have to think about how something feels, looks, or wears the hundred thousand five-star reviews. Do not lie. There is not one lie in that entire set of reviews. You will love your fit, guaranteed, and that guarantee is backed by exchanges and returns, which are free for 60 days. That's Third Love's perfect fit promise. Feeling is believing, though, so upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash oh no. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash oh no. All right, tell me about sacred geometry. Okay, sacred geometry. We're doing a podcast, and I'm going to tell you about visual things. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect medium for this. So, yeah, this was the first talk I attended when I arrived on Friday, Uh first day of the conference. Started at 4 o'clock. I was late to this one, but I followed in a gentleman that I had seen earlier, and Mm -hmm. he and I both kind of walked over to Los Angeles A. That was one of the smaller conference rooms. And oftentimes when they had already started, they would close the door, and it would say, like, do not enter we are recording. Mm. So I was kind of sitting there nervously, just like, what do I do? I don't even remember seeing that, but okay. Encountered that multiple times. But he just, I was going to say brazenly. No, he stopped. He looked at me and said, let's do this. Mm-hmm. He led the way in to oh, the, wow. yeah, this young, brave man. And I followed him. Wow. And the person behind the camera gave us just the briefest of looks, just to make sure we weren't making a huge racket. And yeah. we were fine. No one arrested me. Wow. Yeah. Or a true leader. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So thank you, young man who took the initiative. I could still be there staring at the door. Yeah, in a sense you are. A small room mm-hmm. and small audience, about 16 people in there. Okay. Three of us were wearing masks. Okay. So there you go. And Alan Steinfeld. 
our man about town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mover and shaker. He did the introduction. Yeah, our happy, smiling, skeletal-looking man. Seems like a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. He introduced, first of all, the conference, because it was still pretty new in the conference, saying that this is the most exciting body, mind, spirit show in the country, probably the world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Big statement there, Alan. The most exciting. Okay. And so he introduced Samuel, who was going to be our speaker, and said that he's just dedicated a whole lifetime to discovery into what makes the world tick. Okay. And he's going to share it with you now. And this talk is called Sacred Geometry and the Nature of Things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then he turns it over to Samuel. He says, let's give Samuel a kai cash wash (laughs) and so samuel says kivash he says let's give samuel kivash a hand so there we go okay yay yeah samuel was affable looking tall and large man wearing a checker shirt okay and a thick black rim glasses somewhere in his 60s probably okay and if you just looked at him on the street you wouldn't guess there was anything unusual about him that he might be a speaker at conscious life expo Mm. except that he was wearing a pendant okay that had kind of like almost a floral or corona kind of feel to it so okay he's got like some kind of cool design on his pendant Hmm. as we will learn of course he would because that's his business but we'll get there so he introduced sacred geometry as being this visual way that we see across cultures that Mm. there's an interconnectedness that all of these different systems if you will speak to one another and they come from common origins so it's kind of like this almost mathematical sub language to the universe that and we're talking about like triangles and stuff yeah triangles and stuff okay exactly yeah and he kind of gets into it right from the start saying that a lot of this just plays out in the creation of the world that this can be told in shapes yeah okay that's true so he says that first everything started with a circle Mm -hmm. and then the circle replicated itself and that as those circles kind of overlapped a little bit that it formed that little shape between them like you would see in a venn diagram okay where you know it sort of got points on the top and bottom and curved sides yeah yeah. and this was really interesting i had never the uh, orzo shape orzo shape Oh, or is this like a type of rice pasta thing that's shaped like that? Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. So that shape, that intersection of the two circles, it has a term in sacred geometry. I'd never heard this before, so I was already really excited. Like, oh, this is good info. The vesica Pisces. Oh, I feel like I've heard that. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. And and I immediately thought, oh, wow, that's like in the OTO logo. Like, it's encased within uh-huh. that. And I was like, oh, that must be like an obvious, uh-huh. you know, intended meaning. Anyway, so the <laughs> idea is that from that vesica Pisces, that shape, like an oval with sharp ends, essentially, mm-hmm. which means I had to look this up, bladder of a fish. In that that intersection, if you kind of split that in half horizontally, you get the definition of an equilateral triangle as you join the, and I guess it depends on how much overlap the circles have, but as you join like the edges of that midpoint with the intersection of the circles at the top, you get a triangle. Okay. And so he said the second circle then led to the triangle and then you can repeat these forms and then you get dimensionality as you start to replicate them. And this was also interesting. Like he talked about how many cultures have this symbol where if you repeat these circles and have them all kind of lightly overlaying each other, you get this seed of life. 
Let me show you a picture of it. I'm getting a picture in my head, but I'm interested to see if it's what I'm picturing. You've seen it around. Yep. So we've got the circles so closely aligned sort of on a radial axis that they're creating all of these little vesica pisces and other overlapping shapes within each other and yeah it becomes very pretty and flower-like yeah it looks like a flower and in fact if you look up the flower of life it's just this but more complicated like Mm. i'll pull that up for you we've seen this in many spiritual stores so this is where you have many many circles overlapping and yeah it forms these really interesting little shapes and sub shapes and you'd have a hard time counting just how many circles are in there because there's a ton of them So he said, particularly that seed of life one where you have six overlapping circles and then one in the center, that's kind of like the story that we all know of the six-day creation, Mm. but it plays out in other myths as well. He was talking about Akhenaten's right eye of Horus. I wasn't familiar with that Mm. particular story. Okay. But yeah, he was saying that from these basic forms, you get these more complicated forms and it retells the story of creation. And he had a slide later where he showed different cultures producing similar designs. Okay. He didn't name them though, so I can't say. He said, oh, this has been consistent over thousands of years, but there was no way to know the timing or the cultures from the slide. So I'm just kind of taking his word for it. Gotcha. So he went a little bit into his background then. And he said that the more that you study this and learn to see these forms that are shared between different cultures and traditions, it will integrate into your brain and you can see them more easily. You'll be vibrating in a higher level. Oh, of course. Okay, I was with you for most of that, but okay. (laughs) The more we're exposed to something, the more we're likely to see it, yeah. So he kind of traced his origin in the spiritual world to UCLA when he transferred there in 1971 as a junior. Okay. And he was an atheist at the time. Whoa! An atheist, Gary. Whoa! Whoa! And he said things later that made me think, were you an atheist? But, oh, sure. <laughs> um, you know, this was a big deal. Like, you know, I was a skeptic as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. So he had signed up for this experimental college they were trying at the time. and At UCLA? Yeah. And huh. the way he described it, he said that anybody could sign up as a teacher. I'm sorry? Yeah, you didn't even have to be enrolled at the school or... Maybe this is how Shakun Tali ended up being a teacher. An actual professor. Yeah, well, whatever he was describing, I don't know how much this was actually put on by UCLA or if it was something just adjacent, but somehow we found some sort of like crack in the wall of education. Hmm. And this would become kind of a theme. This doesn't seem like a bragging moment. Started taking a bunch of classes that had nothing to do with my primary study. Oh, that I'm kind of impressed by. But I mean, like, so he just started, like, teaching even though he had no... No, he signed up for someone else's class and he learned Uh. Tai Chi. Oh, okay. And he really just opened up spiritually. He started to have Hmm. new thoughts. He met this instructor. And then the instructor then in turn introduced him to his spiritual teacher, a Daniel Bloxon, something like that. Hmm. And he said, you know, I was in my early 20s. And when he said something like, you need to look out into the world as if God is looking through your eyes. Mm. And like that just really opened things up for him. Like, wow, oh my goodness. You know, he said hmm. to my 20 year old brain, uh, wow. this was a big deal. Huh. He said, you know, he started to see things through his big eye, as he called it. And over time, he learned to kind of reconcile what was coming through his small eyes versus his big eye. Okay. And integrate the two. 
So what will... And this guy's still just like really impressed by circles. Yeah, that's one way to say it. Yeah, shapes in general, but spiritual shapes. And I got to say, this is always something that I felt like I could make more of a study of. Like I would love to know more about sacred geometry, Uh, the meaning that people impute to these various shapes and conjoining of shapes and patterns. So this was cool. He was giving me some terminology I hadn't heard before. So what then would proceed was, as he described it, a compilation of 280 slides, just anything I could grab, kind of his like vacation photos slash things he found online and wanted to share with us. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Don't Uh, worry. I won't tell you about all 280 of them. (laughs) Thank you. So he describes dimensions much better than Kimberly Meredith ever could, (laughs) you know, kind of talking about points and how they, one point is zero dimensions, but then two points define a line, three points create a plane and so on, assuming they're not collinear and so forth. So he works his way up the dimensions and then he starts showing some visualizations of higher dimensional shapes and forms. And obviously not only are they contained within our physical world because he can show them on a projector, but they're in the end two-dimensional designs because his, his, his deal is what his business is now. He retired as a teacher So he spent 20 plus years as a teacher. He said he was earning top pay scale as a public instructor. Okay. Uh, But he would also find ways to teach some of this stuff to his students, some of the sacred geometry stuff. And I'm thinking, ah, another crack in in our educational system, but uh okay. Sure. Anyway, so he retired from that and he started a business where he sells pendants. Okay, what's it called? Sacred Geometry Pendants. Well, if you look for his name, Samuel... Kivash, K-I-W-A-S-Z, and Pendants. You should get it. Okay, sacredpendants.com. Hey, he got the URL. Great. Oh, wow. Yeah, these are fun. Yeah, so he's got 65 varieties of designs. Okay, and do they do something? Yes. (laughs) You know, they're supposed to put these things in your mind. I, I feel like they do something in the way that various gemstones do things. Okay. They have kind of implied meanings and messages and wearing them on you will... Focus your attention on those yeah, things. Yeah, he didn't make any claims like so-and-so got healed when they wore this pendant. He never, okay. he never said anything like that. Yeah, these are fun. So this has been his job, essentially, since he retired from teaching. And he's done it for at least 11 years. It looks like on the website, the large ones are about 80 bucks. Okay. And yep. the smallest ones are 45 while the regular mid-size ones are more like 60 And then if you want to also get a necklace alongside it, you don't just want the actual pendant Mm -hmm. itself, but you want this pretty bead necklace that's 35, sterling silver chain for 20. You know, we're not breaking the bank here. Yeah, I went to his booth after I finally stopped talking to the CBD guy. But yeah, he had these laid out and I think he had maybe conference specials. But yeah, a nice variety of symbols and even yeah, cool. even silly things like the Avengers logo. And oh, wow. Okay. The Star of David or an Ankh mm-hmm. or the symbol for the Sikhs. Oh, good. He has one for the fifth dimension. There's even a picture he has here from uh, Alien Con, which I remember I really wanted to go to. David Duchovny looks like he's wearing one of the pendants here. Oh, hell yeah. Photo, I assume, nice. with like family or something like that. Nice. 
Anyways, yeah, friendly guy. I checked out his pendants afterwards and I was tempted. I almost bought one, but wasn't exactly sure what I'd do with it. Oh, yeah. He even has some that are just like little gray alien heads. Oh, yep. I saw those on the website. That have that flower of life sort of integrated into the alien design. So, yeah, they're cool. Yeah. That's his main deal. Oh, here we go. Here's one right in the center image. That's a fourth dimensional figure. Oh, interesting. You don't hear much about the fourth dimension. (laughs) That's right. Um, Looks like a, what's it called? Crop circle. That's so funny you would say that. Oh, is it? Because that fourth dimensional pendant, the design was based on a 1991 crop circle. Yeah. At Barbary Castle. Who's paying attention? Carrie's paying attention. It's, uh, for those who can't see the thing we're talking about right now, it's like a triangular design. And then at each corner of the triangle, there's like kind of a different sort of shape, sort of either spiraling out from it or a blob, you know, like each corner has a different sort of design coming off of the triangle. He showed a fifth dimensional pendant and he said that I think it almost sounded like he special made it for Kimberly Meredith. What? Or at least he just said that it goes with Kimberly Meredith's book because she wrote about the fifth dimension. Oh my gosh, is she just... Getting more and more famous in this crowd? I guess so, because she was giving away pendants at her talk later that night. And I thought, yeah. oh, she's got a deal with Samuel. Wow. So sure enough, it had kind of a 10-pointed star design that's supposed to promote peace, bliss, love, and joy. He tried to explain how this other design was six-dimensional, and I totally lost him on how, <laughs> like he was talking about it, like folding out into six dimensions. And I, I don't know, he lost me, but maybe there was something there. That's, but again, these are 2D designs because they fit on a pendant. Sure. And he's not making any particular claim about what they're supposed to do. Not the pendants. Okay. No. But there will be some claims later just in terms of what these shapes can do for you. Okay. He pointed out that there's lots of spirals in sacred geometry because a spiral as we all know, is a spiritualized circle. It's as a, we all know, it's, yes. It's a circle yes. th- that's been unleashed so yes. that it can grow. I've always said that. I will continue to say it. That is true. He kind of retold his creation story of the, you know, the multiplying spheres in more detail. And then this was an interesting start to it. He said source or God or whatever you want to call it created the first sphere by moving on the X axis and Y axis and Z axis and then connected the ends of each point and that created an octagon and spun it which created an eight-sided sphere i don't think god should have done it this way (laughs) that's how god created i think it was unwise too much work and i was like speaking of work that's a lot of work to reconcile with genesis that account but okay he feels like not into that account it sounded like definitely he was he was trying to incorporate that as yeah like that's always interesting to me too just coming from a christian tradition where we rejected everything that Mm -hmm. would appear at the conscious life expo right it's always just interesting to hear Kimberly Meredith saying Hail Marys and everybody in invoking Christ consciousness and like he had a slide that had a reference to a Proverbs 3 and there was another slide that was I don't know maybe just a cribbed image from a Bible study website Mm. but yeah it just feels like there's free reign to co-opt Christianity and Judaism in these designs and plenty of stars of David in the presentation and in fact he mentioned later that I think he was talking about his angstiness as a 20-something-year-old, but that his parents were both Holocaust survivors. Oh, wow. So I presume he himself is probably Jewish, Hmm. you know, has Jewish ancestry and kind of the cultural uh, background. 
So he was showing all of these interesting designs. I always yeah. think it's super fun to see. And one of them was the Metatron cube. If you look that one up, it's got 13 spheres that represent the 13 archangels that stand before God. And for me, it's like, you know, you probably just found like a really cool design by repeating yeah. shapes and then you gave it significance after the fact. Let me show you this Metatron cube. Sorry, everyone. You'll just have to like Google along. But it forms this kind of sort of hexagon shape that has circles yeah. at each end. But then there's repeated triangles within it and it's almost kind of like a fractal like pattern yeah really cool looking this is another one of those situations where i feel like because the woo woo crowd quote unquote has uh -huh. embraced a lot of these designs and repeating patterns and understandably so too because these are the sort of things that you see when under the influence of certain drugs or maybe even epilepsy it's kind of understandable that they've been co-opted but it, it feels like i get to enjoy them a little less because they've been so co-opted by this crowd. And if you wear yeah. like a shape like that, or if you surround yourself with that imagery, it's going to make some statement about your spiritual pursuits. Okay. I just feel I like... I still don't totally get what the thesis statement is here, though. So the thesis statement is that these symbols have deep spiritual meaning and connection, and that the more you study them and learn them, you'll see sort of like a unifying presence in all religion. Okay, okay. So he's sort of, he's okay. giving us vocabulary. He's giving us examples to help us see this. And every now and then when he gets to a certain shape that he's showing us like this Metatron's cube, he'll say, oh yeah, I sell a lot of these pendants. But I think he has one for everything he shows us. He just lets us know what some of the best sellers are. I want to help this guy pump up his claims a little more. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for this, just like doing this kind of anthropological... Oh, yeah, no, this seems too normal. Okay, uh, well, I'm fine with that. I think he's just found cool, pretty designs that people will buy. Oh, this is absolutely the more moral thing, and... He himself, obviously, is deeply spiritual and finds meaning in all of these things. Yeah, I just, I want him to be like, if you wear this one, a horse will appear. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't promise that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's showing us all kinds of shapes, and he'll kind of drift between the mathematical and the spiritual, so he shows us the platonic solids, great. He was really into the Fibonacci sequence. Mm. So he's telling us about the history of, I didn't know this, Leonardo Pisano Bigolo. Apparently that was the uh, guy whose pen name was Fibonacci. You're probably all familiar with this sequence, but it's, you know, one, one, and then you add those together and you get two and you add the two and the one, you get a three and you add the two and the three and you get a five and you keep adding the previous term. You get eight, 13, 21, 34. And as you divide each a successively larger number by the number that came before it, you get closer to this constant 1.618, which is represented by the Greek letter phi. So it's kind of like pi. It's an irrational number. He said it was a transcendental number. Not mm. true. Pi is a transcendental number. Mm. Uh, phi is not. He was calling it phi. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then that got him on the whole golden mean thing. So if you've ever seen Donald in Mathemagic Land. Oh, yeah, classic. Which I hope you all have. They go into that golden mean, which is that ratio of 1.618. It goes on forever. It's a number you could memorize in competitions like I'm doing with Pi currently. <laughs> Pi Day's coming up, everybody. Happy Pi Day. Anyway, so he shows us 
all of these overlaid images of sunflowers and flower petals and pine cones and how you can overlay these spirals on top of them that are dictated by the ratio, the golden ratio, the golden mean. And then architecture. Oh, and this is an interesting point. A pine cone is representative of our pineal gland, which is our connection to source. And guess, Carrie, what can cloud up your connection to source? Let's see. What does your pineal gland do that has... Well, it's a gland, so okay. What can clog up my connection to source? Oils? Fluoride. Oh, fluoride. Remember, he's buddies with Kimberly Meredith, so... Don't drink too much fluoride. It'll okay. Mm. See, this is what I came here for. You He's got telling it. me about math. Just had finally, to, you just had to wait. Weird. So there's plenty of slides about the golden mean, and it's overlaid on top of architecture. And yet, there are definitely cool things in nature that are kind of driven by that ratio. You can find it, but even in Donald and Math and Magic Land and elsewhere on the internet, you can find so many people who just get so excited about overlaying these grids of showing the ever larger rectangles or the Mm. spiral that's contained within them and they'll just lay it on top of things that have no correlation you know it's one of these almost pareidolia like things where you know they'll Mm. just somehow see significance wow look if i put if i rotate this and put it over this part of the figure look see look at these perfect proportions like no you're just making stuff up now but one great slide that came out of this was a photo of jessica simpson oh the singer saying Jessica Simpson is a good example of beauty. And the slide said her innate beauty is based on divine proportion. Oh, I love it. It's like Jessica Simpson in particular was called out for having just better than usual proportions. That's very funny. Well, that's one of my favorite things is when someone throws out an example and you just get like this peek into their particular sexual interests. <laughs> well, and it's so funny. So he goes to the next slide and he said, and look at this beautiful Latina. And <laughs> Her face is maybe I should learn her name sometime. Her face is very proportional. And normally when you have these kind of grids that you overlay on top of someone's face and make a big deal out of, it'll be a front on view. They're looking yeah. straight at the camera. This is just a lady just like in symmetry. almost three quarter profile, just smiling. Oh, it's just weird. Like a photo of a model that's yeah. like, by the way, women are hot. You ever think about that? <laughs> Clearly he found her attractive. Just <laughs> yeah. found this picture on the internet. Like, hey, pretty lady. See, she must be close to the golden mean, but there was no uh, overlay or anything. It was just it was funny. He starts talking about the tube Taurus, which we learned all about in that documentary we watched, oh, the Thrive yes. documentary. Terrible documentary, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he was saying that the tube Taurus is this really important shape and that it's aligned with the Earth's magnetic field, true, takes on the shape of a Taurus, mm-hmm. but that we also have fields around us that take the shape of a Taurus. And if we can align our fields with that of the Earth, then we'll really be living at our best. We'll mm. be we'll be more at peace. That okay. was the that was the promise. How do you align yourself from the heart? So the electromagnetic field of the heart also has a torsion. Ah. But yeah, it's like what do you stand upright? Is that how you align it? Ooh, I can't get near any hearts then because I have electromagnetic sensitivity. Oh, uh oh, yeah, oh uh-oh. no, we're starting to stack things. So he had everyone stop and breathe together. And he would say, okay, take in the breath of air, let it circle around. That was the Taurus thing. So I guess you just imagine the air moving in little like Taurus-like circles, radially symmetrical uh, uh, cycles, and then breathe it out upward. And then that would create that Taurus and align us with the magnetic field of the Oh, great. Okay. And create peace. It worked. Everyone was filled with peace. Okay, I did it. 
So this was interesting. He had a slide where he quoted Wallace D. Waddles, which is a great name (laughs) and one I hadn't heard before. So the quote was, you must begin to live in harmony with the laws governing the universe. Oh, okay. I was like, fair enough. But then he told me Wallace D. Waddles was the guy (laughs) whose ideas were behind. What is that documentary where, you know, like if you put out your intention, the universe will obey it? The secret? Yeah, the secret. Ah. Right. So I looked up this Wallace D. Waddles and sure enough, he died in 1911. Oh, wow. Sadly, at the age of 51. So I guess whatever his secret was. Uh, it was an eternal life, but he was a founding member of the New Thought Movement, and he wrote a book the year before he died called The Science of Getting Rich, in which he taught us all how to become wealthy. So okay. We'll have to read that and rake it in. So then he got off on this thing that really wasn't related to sacred geometry, and he said was mostly like homage to his mother. This was the quote, the best six doctors anywhere, and no one can deny it, are sunshine, water, <laughs> rest, air, exercise and diet okay it's like uh, all right i can't deny it because i'm busy those are all good things but why phrase that as the best doctor okay you go to the doctor when you have a special circumstance something is out of balance uh because you're Uh, you've already gotten your water rest Mm -hmm. air exercise and diet but sure those are all nice things so kind of one by one he went through and said yeah my mom raised me on mostly raw fruits and vegetables i'm thinking "Eh, you're not the central casting atheist already if you're talking about Mm. your mom being really into Mm -hmm. this kind of advanced hippie stuff before it was really a thing Mm -hmm. and he went into circadian rhythms and he gave examples of all of these why we needed to get out in the sun more and stuff so none of that really bears repeating he did show us some glasses that he used to sell as water bottles and they would have etchings on them. But the guy who made those for me, who did the etchings, he moved to New York and now I can't afford it. I'm trying to find someone more local that I could afford. <laughs> he like kept letting us like into like his little business dealings and yeah. now he's trying to maximize profits. He read that Waddles book about how to grow rich and it was just like pay people less. Yeah. He also showed us a photo of a pyramid that he had in his backyard. Oh. That he would sit under oh. and meditate that would make him calm. And it had like some interesting interlocking circles at the apex of the pyramid. And he said, yeah, except uh, it was kind of made of cheap material. So I need to find some way to join it. And someone yelled from the audience, is it made of copper? And he said, yes. And that seemed to please the audience member. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, I guess I just need to find some way to get the corners back together and I can use that again. It was just funny. He would like very quickly go into the practical world of like, oh, this thing mm. broke on me. Huh? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was a really good pyramid. <laughs> it was magical protection, but it also fell apart. This was interesting. So he was talking about how the Greeks were very attuned to this whole golden mean thing, used it in the Parthenon. That's always the quintessential example of this principle. And he said that the Romans started to fall away from this in their sculpture and artwork and architecture, that that was one of the contributing factors to the downfall of the Roman Empire. Mm. And I was like, well, could it have had anything to do with like foreign invasion and economic collapse and Christianity? No? Okay. It's just they weren't using... You gotta use your shapes more. They weren't using that 1.618 ratio everywhere. So then he also went back to the Vesica Pisces, that intersection of the two circles, that little shape. Yeah. And uh, he really drove the point home by, on one slide, just overlaying that on top of a woman's vaginal opening and labia. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. See, look, it's like the birth Do of you follow creation. Me? <laughs> see, creation. Yes, we get it. Okay. Creation of the universe and also, yes, childbirth and Was it sexual like a, congress. Like a photo of a woman's yeah. vagina? 
Wow. Yeah, or a very detailed illustration. But either way, yep. Wow. There we go. Cool, cool. Yeah. It's like, this is Jessica Simpson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I paid extra for this. She is the perfect vagina. Um, <laughs> a lot of this just turned into slideshows showing Tibetans creating mandalas or people from various tribes or ethnic groups and shapes that they create used a few outdated terms here and there. But yeah, this just became kind of like this little bit of cultural anthropology thing. Look, these people use these spirals in this way. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like this. He brought up on screen this very complicated mandala-like shape called the holotope. He said it's an eighth dimensional mandala. He said, I would lead a meditation with this, but I've been told not to because I don't have proper training. Oh, wow. And apparently Bashar uses this oh, shape. Oh, Bashar. Bashar. An entity who lives above Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> we will have more to tell you about Bashar. Yeah, and gets channeled by a guy. But yeah, he's not allowed to use it because he's not trained. Fair. He showed an ayahuasca mandala. And it was essentially okay. just a mandala that had like kind of these little ethereal geometric patterns and colors overlaid on top of it. Cool. I dig these visually. Like, oh, yeah, th these are fun shapes. Sure. He talked about the Tree of Life, which plays a big role in Kabbalah. You may remember mm -hmm. those kind of interconnected circles that form yeah. some, sort of a grid. Sorry, I'm like forcing everybody to do a lot of internet searches. To be like, <laughs> what is Ross describing here? I won't run you through all of the other shapes that he showed, but he talked about doing ayahuasca, I think, in Ecuador oh, and said that when he was under the influence of it, he was drawn to the water and stayed there all night and reminded him. Oh, that doesn't sound safe, but okay. Yeah, exactly. And apparently. But everybody wants to go to the pool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think the people around him were maybe a little concerned about this, but they had eyes on him apparently. But he said that even more terrifying and powerful than his experience with ayahuasca was when he was once hiking with other people when he was 22. He wasn't in good shape and he had to go rest in a cave. And he said, like, he had a full ego disillusion. He experienced, like, the black void and was oh, filled wow. with terrors. Like, oh, wow, I don't know what was happening there, but sounds like you needed more water or something. There's no better doctor than water without mm -hmm. fluoride. Mm -hmm. That's and, important. And sun and rest and all those other things. Lots of other photos of various pyramids around the world. He talked about how he had created like a group in Santa Monica called the Transformational Friends of Santa Monica hmm. and had 650 people on his mailing list, he used to organize regular events and speakers. But now he has like an online community called Sacred Friends. If you're interested, okay. you can become a I'm sacred not. friend. I may have to. He continued on with his slide show showing organite, labyrinths, Maya runes. Fractals. Oh, yeah. He got really into fractals. And he said, oh, yeah, they're all over nature. And he described them well. He even showed a Mandelbrot set and recognized it as Mandelbrot's work. But, you know, you could zoom all the way in. You could zoom all the way out or continue, I should say, zooming in or out. And you'll always get the same patterns over and over. They'll be self-similar as you go at any scale. He kept saying that you find them in cauliflower and he's showing all these pictures of Romanesco broccoli. Oh, yeah, stuff looks cool. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You see like what freak of nature is this? Yeah. This must be frankenfood or something. Nope. It's just this really cool vegetable that has fractals. <laughs> it looks amazing. But then he's showing photos of blood vessels and brains and leaves and waterfalls and weather patterns and galaxies. All over we find these repeating patterns and he sums up with a quote from Rumi, the whole universe exists inside of you. 
And so then <laughs> this is interesting. Disagree. He makes his little thesis statement that we are infinitely powerful. This proves it. Hmm. And the thing that proves it is he shows photos of people see like the the moon or the sun low on the horizon and they pretend they're lifting it or holding oh, it in their hand. Sure. He shows a bunch of those photos. Look at that. The oh. whole sun within your hand. <laughs> like, oh. Okay. Oh, I think you were just fooled by someone's <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> they're not actually. It's okay. So they're close and the other object <laughs> the is, far away. is far away. far <laughs> away. One of my favorite uh, Father Ted lines, no, Dougal, this cow is small. That cow is far away. Again, he's just kind of free riffing, talking about various shapes, snowflakes. There's no two alike. Look at cymatics. You can use sound waves to create shapes with sand. And look, this proves that everything on Earth has frequencies and they can be revealed. Hmm. So then he pulls up a slide and it's of a new shape that he tells us about. And he says it's one of his favorite patterns. In fact, it's the one that got him into the business of selling these. It's called the Sri Yantra. Okay. So if you look it up, it's nine interlocking triangles, Sri Yantra. So S-R-I-Y-A-N-T-R-A. So he says that it is said... Uh, this thing, yeah. It is said to be the most powerful of all known geometric power symbols. Okay, what does it do? It is a light wave antenna that has the ability to focus, balance, and increase life force energy. Okay. And it is said to represent the geometric structure of the sound of creation, Om. I can't make myself find any of this useful he led a meditation and he wanted us all to look at this very glowy representation of the sri yantra that he had on the screen okay and we were supposed to stare right at the center and okay. say the om together so we did that for uh, like a minute minute and a half you know, om mm -hmm. i think he told us what to expect but he made it clear afterward with a slide that said the Sri Yantra takes one to the place of origin in unity where we merge with supreme being consciousness bliss as you meditate on the Bindu point and through the whole constructed space around it you will pass through matter into energy and merge with the divine infinite and eternal Sat Chit Ananda oh my god that's gonna happen from Staring at this thing? Staring at that thing. So oh, okay. we all stared at the center point for a long time. Okay. And we said the ohms together. And so afterwards, he said, did anyone have like an experience or breaking through the veil? And there's just this awkward silence. <laughs> as the 16 of us just kind of look around. Did anyone break through the veil? No, no one looks particularly blissed out. Uh, maybe we just need to try it again. So apparently he had had a pendant with that shape on it that he wore and people kept asking him where he got it. And that's what gave him the idea to start this business. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how nice. he got into it. And now he has 65 different patterns available. So at the end, he said, let me sum this up with a quote from Einstein. Oh, good. And I thought, uh Oh, <laughs> anytime you hear there's a quote from Einstein, Mark Twain, Abraham mm. Lincoln, I don't know anybody, you should look it Gandhi. up just to double check. Usually there's some attribution debate or it's gone through multiple versions. Yeah, Gandhi's another one. So here was the quote that he had on the slide. A human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself 
his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Nobody is able to achieve this completely, but the striving for such achievement is in itself a part of the liberation and a foundation for inner security. Oh, it's a great quote. Was it him? Yeah, I looked this up and there was a lot of debate about this and Mm -hmm. someone had done the work of getting to the original quote, which was written by Albert Einstein in German, his native language. Mm -hmm. And so here's kind of a direct translation of that. It's roughly the same idea, but not quite as flowery and hippy-dippy, if you will. So he said, a human being is a spatially and temporally limited piece of the whole, what we call the universe. He experiences himself and his feelings as separate from the rest, an optical illusion of his consciousness. The quest for liberation from this bondage, or illusion, is the only object of true religion. Not nurturing the illusion, but only overcoming it, gives us the attainable measure of inner peace. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. roughly in the neighborhood. So only slightly out of context there. So that was it. We had our meditation and then he opened up for Q&A. There were a few questions, uh, nothing particularly insightful. And then his microphone started going haywire and just giving tons of feedback. Uh So, you know, we'd had all this nice blissful meditation and slideshow of all of these symbols and cultures from across the planet. And then... (laughs) People are like holding their ears and running out of the room. (laughs) He probably did that with one of his special shapes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. The tech folks couldn't fix it right away. So it went on for a long time. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was that. And then I went up, visited his booth, got to meet him briefly. Seemed like a nice guy. Cool. Yeah, I didn't buy. He likes shapes so much. Yeah. Good for him. That's the shape of it. (laughs) I'm going to do a talk next year that's just like, I love colors. Well, this one's purple. And here we've got green. This is white. This is reminding me of, I meant to say last episode with Kimberly Meredith. Her voice reminds me of a Simpsons joke where there's an evolution exhibit or museum that opens up in Springfield and Ned Flanders gets really mad about it and they end up having kind of like a scopes trial. But as he gets to the door, I think he can't get in the first time. And and so they say, well, you can have at least this Melanie Griffith guided tour mm-hmm. of the museum. And so there's this little thing you hold up to your ear and it's just Melanie Griffith saying, this is nice. This <laughs> one's nice too. This is nice. Oh, that's nice too. Oh, this is nice. Reminds me of Kimberly Meredith. Yeah, similar vibe. That, that can be your presentation. Or you can do the zeroth dimension. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, zero D. I'm getting everyone to zero D. And then I'm going to be very adversarial about it, too. I'm going to be like, those 50 people are lying to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can't Don't even define a talks. dimension. They're trying to kill you in the fifth dimension. That's what it is. Fluoride is actually really good for your teeth. (laughs) Yeah. In modest amounts that are approved in our water source. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Someone Love Math. Thanks for coming along for this second episode of the Conscious Life Expo. And don't worry, there's more to come. Yes. And... There is also a psychic Colin show coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep dripping out details about it. I'm not going to tell you the time yet, but I will tell you the date. It's on March 19th, 2022. Mark so your calendars. 
If your name is Colin, especially pay attention. If your name is not Colin, you can still follow along. It's going to be good fun for even people not named Colin. That's right. Yeah, there's going to be animal tarot and all kinds of fun stuff going on. Maybe even some contacting of spirits. Who knows? We'll see. Psychic Colin, Colin Show. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. You can also support us by leaving a positive review, telling a friend, all of that good stuff. Please do it. Spread the word. Spread the word or just stare at a shape and tell the shape how much you like this podcast. And maybe you'll pass through the veil. And remember. True or not true, you have not left to what it is that you really want. Uh, uh. Maybe? (laughs) That's a big no for. Okay. You've got the star and the moon card. What does that tell you? Sky. Those things are in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Everything on earth goes with the cycles of the moon. And the stars help us to dream. And we are all made of stardust. That mm-hmm. is science. Mm-hmm. So stop being a walking stick, frozen in place. Mm-hmm. The time is right because it's right now. Got it? What's that got to do with the sky? Well, I was trying to get you to see the importance of having a star and a moon card oh, at the same I see. time. I see. Okay. Got it? Sorry. Of Ish? Okay. Ish, yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you two can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.